when you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. A few weeks ago, I had a ton of fun chatting with one of the members of my professional development membership. I was talking to Jacqueline Asbury. She is a special education teacher in Southern California. And man, I swear we could have just chatted for two hours about like special ed and students and staffing. And it was just a blast. It's one of my favorite parts of the membership is that I get to have these great relationships with these amazing teachers from all over the country. So I wanted to share Jacqueline's advice on the podcast. Jacqueline and I were talking about some of the unexpected gifts of distance learning. Now, yes, the last year and a half was incredibly hard and teachers were phenomenal in figuring out new ways to reach their learners. Virtual instruction was really challenging. You had to figure out new platforms and new schedules and new ways to do do things And Jacqueline shares some amazing insights on what some of the silver linings were to distance learning. And she found some things that were actually really great and helped her students and families and staff. And they were really able to come together as a team to make the best of the situation. And Jacqueline's sharing those insights, but she's also sharing what she's going to be bringing back from distance learning to her in-person classroom this year. And I love this. I love this thinking about, you know, some of the great things that happened in the last year and a half and what we can learn from it moving forward. What are ways we can incorporate technology into our classroom this year? What are new ways we can connect with our families or our staff? So let's go ahead and jump in. Jacqueline is sharing the four unexpected gifts of distance learning. And I can't wait for you to start to reflect on your own on what were some of those unexpected gifts of the last year and a half. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So I love your suggestion of your topic to talk about today, about the unexpected gifts of distance learning. That's such a such a nice way to phrase it, too. Absolutely. I, I just kept hearing a lot of negative things about the loss of learning during the pandemic and 
all of the things we're going to have to do to make up for that when kids are back in school. And the whole time, although I could see that being somewhat of a reality, the whole time I was having such great success online with my students that I thought, well, what, what's going on here? Why, yeah. <laughs> why am I enjoying this so much, but I'm hearing all of this from the outside saying that it's so bad? Yeah. Well, it's just good. I think it's good for our mental health sometimes to just identify the silver lining sometimes and be like, you know what? It's not 100% bad. Absolutely. And I wouldn't even say that I'm a person who's just, you know, um, super optimistic either. I'm not necessarily that person that the glasses <laughs> have full. So it's, it's, it's really something that I have to consciously make an effort to do. Um, but I was seeing such great things happening with my students that uh, we were unable to do in the classroom that I, I started to kind of write it down and go, wow, that's really working. And that's having a great effect. And they're responding really well to this so, and that. So yeah, um, that's what I wanted to talk about. Some of the things that I took away from some of the positive things that I took away from the pandemic. Great. <laughs> I know, right? Who <laughs> would have thought? My gosh, I like keep I have like so much deja vu on like, March 2020. I'm like, God, March yeah, 1st, and it wasn't all perfect. It wasn't all perfect, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we were thrown into a situation where where it was kind of sink or swim, and and I did my best to swim. <laughs> yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay, so we've got a list of four things. So, what is our first unexpected gift? So, the first one for myself really had to do with just learning all the things. Um, when school first closed, um, I believe it was early March. Uh, we didn't have a plan. Um, we th actually thought we would probably be back at school in like one or two weeks. Um, <laughs> so everything was pretty loose. But it became clear by the end of the school year that we would be going into the next school year most likely fully online. So then I spent that summer really, really just trying to learn all the things um, techie. Um, so Google everything. <laughs> yeah, right? What did we do without Google? <laughs> I, I can't believe I never used it really before. I was a very low tech classroom. I really didn't even like to have iPads in there. I just did a lot of hands-on things. So for me, it was really outside of my comfort zone to just go full tech. But that's what I did. And uh, Google Slides really became my best friend. I was able to really tailor my lessons to my students' needs using the Google Slides. Um, and then, of course, you know, other things that we did, what, we had Seesaw in my school district and Epic Reading and Boom Cards, which are awesome. And so I learned about all of these things. And even during the time, I had a little bit of a resistance to it. But as the year went on, I started to see how great these tools will be in my classroom. So I'm kind of, you know, getting, <laughs> getting with the times. If you <laughs> <will>. <laughs> yeah. It which of those things me. do you think, which of those things do you think you'll bring back to your classroom, you know, this coming year in person, which components, do you know, like, oh, I for sure want to do this again. Okay. A hundred percent. The Google slides. Um, I actually, when we went back to hybrid, I would, I was using that. So I actually oh, set cool. up my daily schedule with links to certain activities that we do. And it's just so nice to have it up. Uh, our schools was able to purchase um, Apple TVs. Oh, cool. So I can just put it up there on the big screen and it just keeps us all on track. So I've always had a schedule on my board, but for some reason this one is, it's, I think it's just more visually appealing or engaging. It keeps everyone in the classroom on track. Um, the paraprofessionals, the kids, you know, and myself. And I'll, I'll definitely be using that. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, you can embed the link. So if you're like, 
we're going to do a go noodle video or we're going to do something, you can put it right there instead of like, oh, we're going to do a video. Now let me go to my computer and pull it up and blah, blah, blah. Yes. It saves so much time because that's what it was like before. I'd be like, let me pull it up. And <laughs> we'd be watching it on a little iPad, you know, <laughs> video or whatever. Now we have the Apple TV and I'm able to put it up on there and just click on the link and it goes straight to it. And it's just all in one place and it's super easy. Um, which makes it easier for other people to run to, yeah. Um, which is great because sometimes I get pulled away for different things, meetings and and IEPs and whatnot, and it gives it makes it easy for anybody who walks in there to just take over. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. That's going to be great for like subs and like substitutes when you aren't there, and that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. So that's a component I'll definitely be keeping. Um, and then second, I really our. Well, I should say Seesaw for sure, just because that's what our school district uses. <laughs> yeah. But I really liked Boom Cards. Yeah, um, me too. Oh my gosh. Boom and you cards. know what? Boom Cards were around before COVID, which is like crazy to think. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how did I never know about these? They're so engaging. Something that I I might have to spend hours coming up with the materials to create. I can find a free resource on Boom Cards and pull it up right then and there for a student, and they love to do it. And then it also collects data, so that's a nice perk. Yeah. Um, but I got so into Boom Cards that I started like making some just for my class. Um, yes. I didn't have a store or anything, but just personalizing them for my, in, you know, certain students' needs. And um, they're not that hard to make, really. And it was just awesome. I, yeah. I did spelling tests on Boom Cards. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> well, like- how am I going to do a spelling test on Zoom? You know, yeah. the student was just not having it. He didn't like doing the spelling test that way. And then I did it where he would just drag um, the letters into uh, like a little notepad thing. And he would drag, drag the letters to make the word and do it that way. And he was so motivated and he started oh, doing so much cool. better. Mm-hmm. Oh my so gosh, I, I love really that. <laughs> and there are, there are, you know, people will ask me, like, I'm by no means an expert at boom cards. Like I learned the basics, but I learned the basics from YouTube. Like there's a million YouTube tutorials for like every single thing you'd want to l- know how to do on boom. Exactly. That's how I learned. I just watched videos on YouTube and then on teachers pay teacher, there's people that sell like backgrounds and things like that. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty mm-hmm. fun. Once you get into it, thinking mm-hmm. of like, Oh, I could set it up this way. And you could also, I mean, it's also a black hole. You could, <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you have to budget your time or else you could be creating boom cards until the end of days. So true. true. <laughs> okay. So what's your um, second une- unexpected gift besides all this technology that you're going to be bringing back to your classroom when you're in person, what was the second like silver lining to virtual learning? Sure. This second one uh, really pertains to students and how it affected students, which was the parent participation. You know, now here we are on Zoom, I'm teaching their child, and they're sitting there with their child learning as I'm teaching alongside their child. And it was so amazing because the parents learned how to interact and how to teach things to their child by watching. You know, I'm modeling how to do things. I'm giving them feedback, telling them, try this, try that. And I think it really had a huge impact on how involved they were. And I hope, I really hope that going forward, that continues, that they continue that same. um, I mean, it's not going to be the same level of involvement, but I hope when we go back to school that they will still take a really vested interest in what we do. Um, Because when you're teaching students with moderate, severe autism, 
there is a specific way that you, for each child, there's a specific way that you um, reach them. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the way that you would automatically think. So I was able to troubleshoot and do all the things that I would normally do in the classroom, but really in the presence of the parents. So they were able to see it for themselves. Yeah. I think seeing it in action is so different than like, I mean, reading about it in an IEP or just hearing someone explain it. And in a special ed classroom, there's not necessarily always like a physical product. Like you're not sending home like uh, a report that the student wrote that has a grade on it. Like, so it's hard to always show that like permanent product for their learning, you know, like, oh my God, we learned all these sight words or we mastered our color letter or color words, but how are we showing mom and dad or, or caregivers how we taught the process, you know, the teaching behind that. Right. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this yourself or other teachers who are listening, but sometimes um, parents have a tendency to be really um, on the negative side of things. Um, and maybe it is because they're not really seeing those those daily small successes that we get to witness. Um, and it's, it is difficult to document. There isn't necessarily, like you said, a permanent product, but there are really magical things happening in the classroom every day that parents aren't aware of. And so this gave them an opportunity to just see their child's growth and to see their child yeah. shine. And I just saw attitudes improving and I don't know if it's because I'm, I am I work with younger students. Maybe parents uh, get a little bit more hopeful as a child gets older. But I, I do work with the younger students, and I and sometimes the diagnosis is pretty um, new. And so they're yeah. going through a process of accepting that. But I do see a lot of negativity from time to time. And I'm like, no, really, your kid's amazing. Just, yeah. you know, so this, this really gave them an opportunity to just see how amazing their kids are. I like got goosebumps when you said that because I was thinking about, you know, parents I've worked with of young kids that they don't, they don't hear that enough. You know, your kid's amazing. Like no one's telling them that people are doctors, clinicians, therapists, teachers are always just telling them, well, this is a deficit and this is a delay to like hear on a regular basis on a zoom call all the time from you that their kid's amazing. I mean, yeah, of course that probably completely changed their mindset in such a huge way. I hope so. I, I really saw some good changes in that and I really hope it carries over. And it's true because even when we have our IEP, we're talking about the goals that they met and the goals that they didn't meet and were the areas where they need to improve and this and that. So the focus isn't on those everyday wins. Yeah. And they were able to see that firsthand. And believe me, I, for example, I had a student who we were working on her responding to what is your name? So we would say, what's your name? And then she was to respond. And we worked on that for, I don't know, six weeks. And then one day we asked her and she said it right away. The mom, the paraprofessionals, our principal actually was um, on the Zoom at that time. Myself, we literally broke, all of us just (laughs) broke out (laughs) in cheers we were crying. Oh my we, gosh. Like we had this full on shared experience of this child's success because we were all involved in it. And it yeah. was so awesome from my perspective as a mother to be able to share that with the mother. She was there yeah. for that milestone too. Yeah. Right there in Zoom. Now, if we had been at school, I probably would have sent her a quick message and said, she said her name today. And she would have been like, oh, cool. But it's just not the same as seeing it for yourself. 
you know? And seeing that like hard work pays off. Like, yes, it took six weeks, but we did it. And like that those baby steps, they start to accumulate and, and really build up to a lot of real progress. And you're touching on something important there is uh, for the parents to really see that it does take time. Yeah. You know, some things we learn in a day and some, t- some things it takes much longer, but we will learn them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I always try to tell parents because I, I get a lot of, he doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. And I always say, yet. Yes. Oh, you're speaking my language, Jacqueline. Yes. Best word ever. And so then we're like, okay, we're going to work on that. And you'll see in time he or she will be able to do that. But give it time and be patient. You know, your child is not a a learner. Um, I guess I, I hate to use the word typical learner because I don't really think that there are any. You know, I think all kids have very uniquely uh, learning needs. However, there is this thought that, oh, my child has a disability. They're not going to be able to learn anything. And that's just Mm -hmm. simply not true. And so to be able to show that and demonstrate that is just like so huge. And just be able to share in that success together was so amazing. So that was definitely a huge gift during the pandemic. Yes. All right. So what's gift number three? This one is, has to do with the staff. Oh my goodness. I was able to do so much staff development. I think um, all of the paraprofessionals in my classroom are absolute experts now on ABA. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they, could probably, they could probably at least sit for the RBT exam. <laughs> they were, had the opportunity to learn so much. And um, I was able to find tons of great resources online for them um, and share that And then really importantly, we had time for debriefing. So we would have these one-on-one Zoom sessions with the students. And then we would have maybe three to five minutes before the next student started. Mm -hmm. So during that time, we were still on Zoom. Our Zoom room was open. The student was gone. Now we could talk about what went well. What can we work on? We're struggling with this. What should we try? And that collaboration was so important. We had so many um, breakthroughs because of that. I have a lot of ideas in my head, but truly to have three extra people with their ideas, you know, merged with mine and all together, we we definitely were able to come up with things that together that we would, I wouldn't have come up with on my own. I guess that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. So, and I'm sure your paraprofessionals now, and I'm not that they didn't feel like part of the team before, but feel like an even bigger part of like the teacher team, you know, that like they helped, you know, find solutions and problem solve and like seeing that carry into this school year, I'm sure will be really cool for you because now like you've been through this together and they, and they saw the big role that they could take. Yeah, absolutely. I do think we're going to miss those periods of debriefing because it's hard to remember all the things. And honestly, we just don't have the time because they're off um, just the way their work hours are. They're off before I'm off. So they're usually helping kids get on the bus and then they're literally jumping in their car and going home. So (laughs) we don't have the same level of debriefing. If there's a way to somehow work that into our schedule, I want to because it did make us better. It made us better teachers all together. We were so much better. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like right when, when COVID started, I was getting like a million messages, like, what should I do with my staff? Like I, they're just sitting there at home. And I was like, staff training, like, I, like 
we've been asking for staff training time since the start of time, like special ed teachers, like find videos on YouTube and podcasts and, and have them watch stuff and just learn different strategies and techniques like while we figure this out and take advantage at least. That's I, that's totally what we did. We watched videos, then we would have a conversation about it and um, ask questions. So they didn't get the hands-on experience with some of the things, but they absolutely could relate it to situations in the past. And then I did notice that when we went back to school for hybrid, it I felt like they trusted me more. There was less questioning because they had a better understanding of the why. Oh, cool. That, you know, that under that what would you call it? That background knowledge they have. Yeah. yeah. Because I would get a lot of pushback sometimes on things before that, to be yeah. honest with you. And I'd be like, I don't have time to explain yeah. contingent reinforcement to you right now, but we will. Yeah. We'll get to it one day. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Just roll. If the a pandemic thing. hits, I'll totally teach you about it. Don't yeah. worry. Exactly. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay. What was the last one? The fourth unexpected gift of distance learning. So this one also really has to do with kids. Um, in the classroom, we have a lot of distractions. You know, there's people coming in and out. There's um, announcements over the loudspeaker, phone ringing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one child getting upset and having a tantrum over here while the other one's over there is trying to read and is being completely distracted by that. So there's just so much going on all of the time. I like to say that the classroom is dynamic because <laughs> it's just always in motion. Well, on this Zoom um, t type of teaching, when I was doing the one-on-one -on -one sessions, it was just me, the child, and their caregiver. It was so smooth because all of those distractions were removed. Yeah. I also think that they were in their comfort zone. They were at home with a caregiver, somebody that loves them. They felt safe. Um, all of this is just, you know, what I think, why it happened that way. But I, I definitely noticed the kids were a lot calmer, a lot happier, a lot more compliant, where there's a, just a lot more going on in the classroom that I think can cause them stress. Now, they do like being at school, too, because there, there's a fun element to school that I can't bring online, and no matter how much I tried. But um there was uh, definitely a lot of learning happening because the conditions were really um, pleasant for the kids. They were just so much more relaxed. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you. These are, these were all great. And I love that not only you tied like some of the silver linings of the last year and a half, um, you talked about the silver linings of the last year and a half, but tied that into what we can, you know, bring moving forward as we go into this next school year. What are some of the, the great parts of distance learning that, we can learn from and incorporate into this new new type of classroom we're all going to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally forced us to re-examine, um, re-evaluate the way we teach, the way we interact with students. And uh, I think going into the next year, it's, it's just given me a whole new perspective on my students and, and how I want to approach how I teach. So it's been great <laughs> in a lot of ways. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. 
You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.